0: to power producers shop talk where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects
1: here these are conversations that will differentiate you from your competition now if you don't want to be different than your
0: competition probably should just go ahead and shut this up. <laughs> and action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level
2: like when we audit the mod and get into and the mod master and and give them the actionable items that they can that they can do in order to lower their cost of risk
0: this is power producers shop talk production redefined
2: reasonable and what wasn't, and, and I think that, you know, that's that's spot on, I and, mean, you know, these people that we're talking with don't necessarily understand what their exposures are and what they can even do about them, um, y- you know, when they're uncovered, so I, I do like that what we're able to provide is something tangible, action items that they can do.
0: Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody,
1: welcome to Power Producer Shot Talk episode.
2: 14 14 yeah yep.
1: what are we talking about man we talk about talking to clients talking about practice talking about clients and how to talk to them in defined terms makes life mm. a lot easier when you do that right actually i prefer to talk to my clients in ambiguous terms
2: as much as yeah. mine. ambiguous and just hide commissions all that stuff
1: well listen i you know i don't want to be the one to rain on your parade bro but we got to the situation here because I have a gentleman who's currently recruiting for an insurance sales representative in his Brandon office. Ooh. And, and by the way, this is in all caps, bold and highlighted in bright yellow, base pay slash benefits plus commission and incentive opportunity.
0: There you and go.
1: Definitely did their research because the next sentence says with your background, experience and location. I thought that you could possibly be a good fit for this opportunity.
2: Where do I sign up? If you're
1: interested in finding out more about this opportunity, I would be happy to talk with you further about it. <laughs> Please reply to this email. Is this, this a
2: LinkedIn class. message or in, no, it was an a
1: direct ad, email?
2: That's that's fantastic.
1: I'm wondering if this particular person. Would like for me to call live, on a podcast. Oh,
2: that would be and so good.
1: An interview for this job. There, there's a chance.
2: Please that could happen. do it.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a chance that could happen. <laughs> nah, Not. Wow. All right. Cool. So, anyhow, define terms, man. So, it's interesting because I think a lot of times when we get in front of our clients, we just start spitting things out and expect them to understand like
2: insurance jargon.
1: Jargon, yeah, we're jargoners. Yeah. Heavy on the jargon, in buzzwords, we have a lot. We have to unpack. <laughs> That's right. like one of my all-time.
2: Let, let me unpack that for you.
1: Yeah, I hate unpacking that.
2: It, oh man, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use that phrase all the time now. That's fine.
1: Destiny uses it too. So you let me be a peer group. Any- <laughs> Anyhow, what I'm getting at with that. Topic is how you relate things to your clients or prospects, really, more than clients. At the point you got to kind
2: of mirror them, right? I mean, that's how I've always done things,
1: or that, or break it down into measurable units that are more tangible to what they do for a living. So, you know, a lot of people out there don't really do total cost of risk. I get it. We're trying to change the world one recovering agent at a time, but. You know, if you're going to go in with total cost of risk, you need to understand that calculation, but you also need to understand how to articulate what that calculation is to your clients. And even more importantly, you need to give it to them in a way that they can understand that that is mm-hmm. directly tangible to their business. And so, for example, one of, the, one of the things that I was going to talk about is total cost of risk calcs and how you relay that. And so one of the best ways that I do that, and it only works with the right size account. Like I'm not going to go into a $5,000 premium account and attempt to break this down because number one, they're just not even going to be willing to listen to what I have to say. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not yeah. going to have any, you're going to have a decade Yeah. And you're going to have a difficult time calculating any, you know, real total cost of risk on an account that size anyhow. Sure. But, um, you know, so let's, let's just make for for all practical purposes, we're in the middle market, which is what we talk about anyhow. But you have there, there's an art to doing this. So number one, if you're at the point of sale, it has to be done on an assumption basis because you may have gone in and done like a mod audit, or you may have some premium information or whatever else. But most of the time, you might know sales. But you're definitely not going to know profit, okay? Unless unless you're so far down the road that you've gotten the financials from a company, you might have a sales figure if the if the information that you were given is rated off of sales, or you ask that question. Chances of you knowing profit are slim and none. And I've I've been in situations where I've got clients that are over a hundred million a year in sales that didn't even want to tell me that like they, they weren't willing to, they didn't want to give me the sales figure. So that's awesome. Yeah. Makes no sense to me at all. So anyhow, that. the art to this is if you're operating on assumption, you always want to assume that they're doing more, way more, <laughs> well, not, not way more, but more you want. Yeah. You want to go in and you want to project a higher number than what right. you're c- able to comfortably say that they're actually doing. Because if you use a higher number, number one, you don't risk offending them. yeah, And number two, if you use the higher number, they are going to come to their own conclusion that if the impact is this much on a company doing that amount of sales, right. it's even more for a company that's only doing what we're doing. So number one, always go high on sales and rule number two, always go high on profit. So if you think they're doing 5% profit, use 10%. Again, same theory, you're not gonna offend them and they'll be able to put two and two together. What you want to do is determine that profitability on an annual basis, right? So if we know that a company is got, has got a million dollars a year, In profit you can divide that by 365 and that's how how you
2: go about estimating that like if you've got their sales i mean i would imagine it it differs depending on industry but
1: being honest i typically google what's the average profit for a company that does this you know average average net profit for light manufacturing of component parts or something and you'll get statistics. There's there's a lot of stuff out there, and then I'll typically look at it and, and increase it from whatever that is. But if you so, let's just say that we we figure it out. We got the sales, we got the percentage, and we come up with the fact that it's a million dollars hard dollars in, in profit. You take that and you divide it by three hundred and sixty five, and it's going to give you the amount of profit that that company is making every single day, right? Mm-hmm. So then you can take your total cost of risk calculation and you can compare it to the assumed profit and you can show that company how many days they have to work to pay for their total cost of risk. That's That's a really, really impactful way to get in front of these people and get their attention. And I've seen it where we've had it as little as like two or three days a year. I represented a company. I shouldn't say I did. I didn't personally represent them. Our firm early in my career represented a company that was working over a year. Right. To pay for their total cost of risk from the prior year.
2: Yep. I remember you saying that.
1: So if you break it down that way, it's a lot easier way for maybe a less sophisticated CFO or controller to digest that information. So when I talk about putting it into relatable terms, that's one way to do it. Obviously, another way would be number of widgets you have to produce at an assumed profit margin just to cover your cost of risk and all of that stuff. But I think that, again, it goes back to the difference between selling somebody a product and solving a problem. You're going to tell them premium, but you're not going to talk about all the other stuff because quite frankly, in many cases, agents don't know that other stuff. to even mm-hmm. begin the total cost to risk calculation.
2: So um, This reminds me a lot of the uh, example or story that you've told. I don't know if we've talked about it on here or not, but the uh, the resort where you were talking about the soft costs relating to their claims and the oh, best, yeah, best, yeah, best in class. That
1: was, beat that we?
2: That. I, know, I know you and I have talked about it a number of times, but I don't know how many times you've talked about it on here, but similar conversation for sure.
1: Yep, absolutely. So, the other one that I like, and this is more for when you need to overcome an objection. And again, sometimes I you know, I try and remain polished as much as I can, but I have an edge to me. I think anybody that's out in producing in the middle market has some sort of an edge to them. You have to, mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to get walked all over. Um, but it has to do with overcoming an objection from somebody who's not willing to meet with me right and and that's another one that i put into terms where people can understand actually a really good one for defined terms was the example we gave on the episode about disclosing your commission where if you tell somebody that you shouldn't be working for less than the average server at a restaurant where they eat in terms of percentage again that's another example yeah. of talking to people in defined terms but this one's a little different and it you know it, it has to do with somebody that we realize has got some mod problems because we've seen the mod and we know what it is. And usually if we can get that information up front and make that phone call and engage whoever it is we're trying to talk to, we're going to get them to agree to meet with us, at least to hear what we have to say. I mean, we're relatively persuasive in, in, in that angle, but there are times where we're not. And so I like to take the angle of, well, I just want to make sure you know your mod is a 1.7, and based on what I can calculate, and I have no real information about how much you're paying in premium or whatever else, but I have a rough idea on the size of your company, and I know the class codes involved in all of that, and I feel like you know we're talking about at least twenty thousand dollars worth of savings for a twenty-minute meeting. So are you telling me that you make more than $60,000 an hour and that's why you're not willing to meet with me for 20 minutes? Because if I can talk to you for 20 minutes about how to save 20000 well, 20 minutes is three times into an hour. So that would mean you would have to be making 60000 or more dollars an hour. <laughs> so I it, I is, it, is tough. Like
2: it is tough to do that without sounding like a dick because like it comes, you know, like in your head, you're like, all right, I can say this. I can articulate this. In a in a manner that they're going to understand the numbers, and it'll just solely be based on that. But then <laughs> I'll start talking to them, and then, and then, like you said, the edge will come out, and you'll start just getting fiery, and then you. Well, it's a thin it, line.
1: Well, and at that point, I don't care. You right,
2: know I, mean? I know, but it's just but it's I, just but funny. I, but it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, when I'm
1: yeah. when I'm at that point, and they're saying no, I'm not willing to talk to you yeah. uh, for 20 minutes, so I can save twenty thousand dollars. like
2: Really. It, Exactly. So it, that's that's where it kicks in, right? Th- right then and it's it, like as <laughs>
1: yeah, that happens I'm at the point of no return. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's like Jim Carrey in Liar Liar when he has to tell the truth and he goes into the boardroom, you're fat, you're stupid, you're yeah. bald.
2: You right. Great scene.
1: Whatever. I, I you know what it's so funny because I think about that scene every time I'm in a meeting. Almost every single time. Because <laughs> I'll, my ADD will take over and I'm getting bored. And, and if, especially if it's not like, obviously if I'm presenting, I'm not thinking about this, but if I'm sitting there with somebody else and they're talking or whatever, I'm going to glaze over and I'm so thinking next, to myself next
2: time we're in a meeting, I can, I can almost definitely assume that you're sitting there thinking about liar, liar, while I'm 100%, talking
1: 100%. And I'm thinking about what, it, what would come out of my mouth if I was <laughs> hearing in this situation. Uh, I, I think about that stuff all the time, man. You gotta, you gotta do that to be, you know, entertained. What are some yeah. other examples of things that you've done to be able, and I mean, I don't necessarily know that you have to limit it to insurance. You had some pretty cool stuff you were doing to, even back when you were doing office supplies, where you would break things down to a number that you could then show somebody and they would yeah. buy the result of that.
2: Right. And that was obviously something more... That was a commodity. That was something that was product-based versus... I find
1: great value in my economy. Well,
2: so, so it was a little bit of both. I mean, obviously, they were buying a product and price was important. But also, if they were able to order it online and have it delivered for free versus going to the store or... Having to call somebody or send you know whatever it was saving them time allowing them to focus on more revenue producing tasks for their business so sometimes just having that conversation with people w- alone was enough to to move the needle to get them to go ahead and buy i mean because when you're talking to office supplies the the difference between you know what we had and then going to office Depot or sam's or whatever you know it there's not a there's not a huge difference a lot of times I mean sometimes you'd find a sale and whatever but um, we did, we did have to sell on value. So, um, I, I think, and that was my point in the beginning is just kind of being able to relate, being a chameleon and being able to relate to the people that you're, that you're talking with. You know, I didn't walk into a manufacturing company that was blue collar with, you know, a suit and tie on. Like I would go in with a polo and, and, and try to, you know, ha- have a, um, a more laid back discussion. Cause that's just in my experience, how they were able to receive information better. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of a specific scenario where I was breaking something down in a in a defined uh, manner with someone, you know, in the in their language. Um, and, and I don't know if I have any true examples, like right off right off the cuff, right now. But I, I, you know, again, I think that's you're going to get further if you if you're if you're not in there talking with all your jargon and and you know, you have more experience than I do, obviously, in the insurance world. I've only you know been in in the game for. Whatever coming up on three years, so I find myself talking with people in more layman's terms, just because it's that's where my understanding of certain things are at this point. You know, th- does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, it makes sense. We're all going to gravitate to where we're the most comfortable because the last thing you want to do is start slinging out complex it's, math it's, calculations and have exactly to, to
2: them. Right.
1: Well, I think another good one though that I use when I go in and lead is, and you've heard me use this before, and I've talked about it on here before, but you can also. Get them to tell you how they measure things, right? So I ask people all the time, how do you measure quality? They can tell you. If it's a contractor, it might be the number of callbacks. If it's a manufacturer, they're doing random sampling per batch and how many you know discarded items they have that way. So they have a measurement for that. We ask them, how do you measure productivity? Everybody can tell you how they measure productivity. Sales mm-hmm. per man hour, number of units produced per hour, whatever. Then we go in and we get into how do you measure safety? And it's crickets, right? Right. Most people
2: People not being
1: hurt, like (laughs) uh, Yeah. Well, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll go to the number of days accident free as a measurement. And I really I really don't like that because that incents people, you know, supervisors (laughs) to maybe brush some things under the mat that shouldn't have been brushed under the mat. True. especially if there's an incentive tied to it. So we like to go in and give pretty defined metrics based off of how that each organization thinks. And usually it's frequency and severity rates that we'll use that we calculate the way that they're calculated in the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So that's, a, that's an easy way to go in and do that. But then you also have different companies out there who have products that you can uses software to key that in. And it'll give you all kinds of different ideas too. But again, it goes back to when we do the mod analysis as well, right? We're relating to somebody in defined terms. When we present that, we can show them how many mod points are attributed to a body part and an injury cause, an injury type, or my favorite, by employee. And if you really want to get a business owner or decision maker fired up, tie the the amount of mod points and then subsequent one year and three year premium increases to each employee who had an injury. Now, I'm not saying that they need to run out and fire these people or that the claims are invalid or whatever else. What I'm telling you is from a psychology standpoint, if you can tie it to a person, they're going to have an emotional response mm-hmm. when you do that. Much more so than saying, "Yeah, three abdominal injuries in the last twelve months." Can you please expand on that for me? No, right. that's, they're not going to get excited about that. If right. you say, "What's up with John Smith? This guy's had three claims, two of them in, with indemnity over the course of the last two years." My question is, why was he here for the third one?
2: Yeah. No, I mean you that's know, a good point, Modmaster. You don't get very much more defined than that, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's not limited to Modmaster. It's any of the, you know, even their competitors have very right. good graphics and you know that whole
2: that concept. it's
1: interesting because my mind has really been opened up over the course of the last month in terms of looking at options outside of what Zywave brings to the table. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, we're at a point right now where I'm negotiating my contract with them for the renewal in, in next July. I wanted to get it out of the way, and that didn't go so well the first yeah. time around. So I've, I've tabled, you know, porched that discussion for the time being, and I'm looking at other options out there. And there are options like Magic and some others that I'll be honest with you, man. They've got some pretty slick products, and they mm-hmm. do a good job about how to relay that information the the one thing i think that we need to do and it's actually something that we are in the process we're going down the road in killing commercial where we're putting these little subcommittees together for specific things and one of the subcommittees we have is on graphics so we're working on creating a proposal template that is a good solid proposal template for any kind of middle market company and a group of us are saying, we need to include this, we need to include this, we're gonna pretty it up, have a professional graphics person, you know, give it a once over, and then we're gonna roll that out, and everybody that's in Killing Commercial will have access to that template and use it. I want to do the same thing with infographics around the mod report, because what I don't like are a lot of bar graphs and line graphs. Yeah. I think that people it becomes relate repetitive and yeah. I think people relate more to an infographic with like pictures or multiple colors and all of that stuff. I'm going to tell you what, man, Magic has a really solid product. Um, as far as that goes, I, I was impressed when I looked on their website and I saw the infographics that they, um, that they have on there. I was really attracted to that. So mm-hmm. we'll see how everything shakes out in the bushes. But you know, again, another way that you can get in front of your client. Here's another one that you need to define for them you need to define what you're going to do from a service standpoint. And we talked about this on, you know, the podcast, actually, episode 12 about setting expectations. Right. But, you know, you have to do that. Setting expectations for clients is paramount because if you don't set them, they're going to formulate their own and they may not be even remotely close to realistic. No. Right? I heard it. I, I was part of the deal. I mean, I lost my mind on one of my videos and blog posts this week that basically said, quit complaining when you lose an account. Right. And in, in the crux of it is, I'm sick and tired of listening to insurance salespeople bitch and moan when they lose an account because the big bad brokerage came in with their Fancy risk management techniques and all of this other stuff. And they took the account, they stole it from them. And <laughs> yeah. this client, I've been they've been with me for 10 years. And I mean, listen, the, the the guy that lost the account that posted that got my mind thinking about this, great dude, but he's not been in the middle market long enough to understand how the game is played in the middle market, right? So what happens is. If if you go to a group of insurance salespeople that all they do is sell insurance and they deliver zero value, but we're gonna sell insurance real good. You you got to make sure that you know what you're gonna get. And this guy was like, I lost a long-term client, you know, the big brokerage came in, they had all this risk management stuff, promised all these things, and they actually paid five thousand dollars more to the big brokerage mm-hmm. to leave me. And what happened is everybody and their brothers piling on in this post, right? Every one of them, they're coming in there and they're giving, you, "Oh, it sucks! Clients are so fickle; they'll leave you on a nickel." Well, no, not really. They paid five thousand more to go to this other agency. Was that why. was that
2: Dr. Seuss that made that comment?
1: Yeah, and it, it, it's just like every one of them, and it's like you know, you bust your can for them, but you know, you get the certificates out on the time on time for them. And, Listen, people, I'm not going to give you the whole freaking thread. What I'm going to tell you is customer service, it doesn't cut it. Customer service is the expectation. If you can't talk to people in defined terms that they can understand that relate to the sales and profitability of their business and give them what results in an awesome client experience, you're done. You will lose every single time. Here's a fact. The same big brokerages that are taking business from insurance salespeople are the same big brokerages we're taking business from every single day. Mm-hmm. Cut yep. it out. Quit your whining. <laughs> God, it drives me nuts, man. I get so irritated when I hear that. People licking their wounds, playing the role of the victim. If somebody comes in and does something dirty, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a different story. But if somebody right. came in and they offered something- And just
2: something, outvalued and outvalue propped you, then, I mean, you need to learn from that, move on and, and fix it for next time so it doesn't I, happen.
1: My exact words were, the revenue that you lost by that account leaving you is the yep. tuition that you were paying to never to learn to never have to deal with this again. It's tuition go. at this point. There you go. Quit complaining, people. Nobody wants to hear it anyhow. It's true. It's a weekend. Cheers. It's the freaking weekend. (laughs) Time to get this party started. We're out. See ya.